Open your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Not very often does this happen to me, but we had this date on our calendar for quite a while. But in November, in my prayer time one morning, the Holy Spirit said to me, this is your assignment when you go to Calvary in January. And Pastor Ben and I had not talked and I didn't share with him what it was. I just knew that the Lord said, this day, this is your assignment. And so I've known what I was supposed to share for a few months before I got here. Because I believe this house is at a divine moment. I believe that there are people in this room that 2020 will not look like 2019. But how many of you know that if there's not certain things that are embraced, you'll just have another January, you won't necessarily have a new year. One of the things I've realized is that potential is never revealed until process is embraced. There's some people you don't know what they're gonna become because you don't know how long they'll stay in the journey. Some of the greatest books never read are in cemeteries. Some of the greatest songs that were never sung are in cemeteries. Some of the greatest businesses that were never started are sitting in Starbucks scared. Because you have to embrace the process, the journey. Everything that God deposits in your life comes in seed form. You pray for an oak tree and God gives you an acorn. You keep putting the acorn up on the shelf and praying for an oak tree. And God's saying, I've already given you multiple ones. You just got to see them for what they are. If you can't discern the moment, you'll miss the opportunity. That's why some people in a great financial turndown make millions of dollars and other people throw up their hands and quit because they see something other people don't see. I'm asking God today to open our eyes to see some things in this moment. I believe that God's been incubating some things for you that he's about to accelerate. Is anybody ready for an acceleration of the promise of God in your life? Anybody in the room believe there's some things you thought should have happened in 2019 that it didn't happen, but you are sure ready for them to happen in 2020? Paul writing to the church in Corinth said in 1 Corinthians 16, Verse number eight and nine, he said, but I will tarry. One translation says, I will stay. One says, I will remain in Ephesus until Pentecost. For a great and effective door has opened to me. How many of you know that a doorway is an entrance in or out of things? He said, so there's been an opening made available for me and there are many adversaries. I want to talk today for a few minutes, if I can, about discerning next. Everybody shout next. See, the whole world keeps asking, what's next? 
That's what every company in America asks. That's what all the technology magnets are asking. What's next? Let me tell you what heaven's asking. Heaven's asking who's next. Because if you can get a who, who can discern the moment, you can find the next what. So what's next? Discerning next, watch this, it is the reward for those who stayed. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that over the next few minutes, you'll saturate this room with a spirit of revelation. I pray, Lord, that you'll speak to us. Holy Spirit, you're the teacher, you're the preacher. Release an anointing in this place to receive and to hear. Use my voice, my words to articulate the heart of the Father. To that end, I make myself available. That Jesus be glorified. In Jesus' name, everybody shout amen. Amen. High five three people and tell them the reward's coming. Come on, just tell them the reward's coming. You can be seated. Thank you. The amazing thing about people that when they begin to talk about something as as vast as God, they tend to talk about him in terms as if they understand him. We tend to think of God as a science that can be studied. Yet the Bible tells us his ways are beyond finding out. The Bible tells us that Just when you think you have him figured out like a math formula, he'll do something that'll mess up your whole formula. I'm troubled that in our culture today, we keep trying to franchise God as if it's a one size fits all kind of experience. And so we believe that all the 10 people that are sitting on your row will experience the same thing and get to the same place. But the reality is he's not a franchise God, he's a zip code God. The whole world's not your neighborhood. I'm going to try that over here. Everybody's not broke. Everybody's not mad. Not everybody's dysfunctional. So I have to figure out what is God saying to me in the midst of my life where I'm at in order to move me into the things he's ordained for me. We have a, we have a term in, in theology that's called the immutability of God. We base it off of a scripture that comes out of the book of Hebrews that says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Various other scriptures talk about the fact that God is unchanging. It literally means that he's immutable. He's the same. In other words, the God that we worship today is not a different God than they had in the 20th century or the 19th century or the 15th century. He's the same God. And he's not been doing different things. He has actually had one purpose that he's been accomplishing in the earth. But watch this. While we know that the immutability, don't miss this, the immutability of God deals with the character of God. His character never changes. How many of you know he is very unpredictable in his activity? Just when you think he's going to do it one way, he does it entirely different. And what happens is, is when you find yourself in a moment of shifting, 
When seasons shift, those of us that live in the Midwest should understand when seasons shift, certain things happen that sometimes can get a little topsy-turvy. I live in a, I live in a tornado alley city, and people in the spring know that when, when the season begins to change, it's become true for Dallas as well, when the season begins to change, you can, you can expect uncertain weather, uncertain conditions, because there's a changing season. And what happens is when you catch yourself in one of those shifts, all of a sudden, things that were comfortable become very uncomfortable. I'm talking to people in the room today that, that you find yourself in a place where you feel torn. You say, I don't really know what's going on, but I feel like I'm supposed to be reaching for something, but I really would rather be doing something else. That's really the context of what Paul is talking about in this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. He's writing to spiritual sons or children that he's birthed in the kingdom, and he's saying this, I really want to come be with you. I'd really rather be somewhere else. But I'm sensing that there's something in front of me that I don't need to walk away from. And I'm feeling the tear. Anybody in the room know what I'm talking about? I, I want to be somewhere. I, I don't, you don't even need to say amen. This don't, don't say amen right now because somebody might look down your row. But I wonder how many people in the room, you can say, that's my testimony. I'd really rather be somewhere else in life than I am right now. I'd rather be working somewhere else. I'd rather be with somebody else. I'd rather go somewhere else. I'd rather live in another city. Because how many of you know, we always believe somebody else's life is better than ours. And oftentimes we believe, you know the old adage, the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. But when I got on the other side of the fence, I found out that the grass grows greenest over the septic tank. So most of the time what happens is that if you get over there and dig into it a little bit, you'll find out that their life is just as stinky as yours. And everything you think is an attraction is really just a facade. And it's just an illusion trying to draw you away from the very purpose for which you were created. I'm going somewhere. We're going to get somewhere today. Because the Holy Spirit said there are people in this room that you are at a divine moment. There's something standing right in front of you that God is about to open for you into a world you never thought was possible. Is there anybody ready to go through that kind of door, go into that kind of place? He said, Paul, I know, I know you want to go. You ever, you ever felt like this? You, you ever felt like your life was in a place where I want to, but I don't want to. I want to, but I don't want to. And in that moment, you have to make some choices. See, here's the first thing God said to Paul. He said, I want to give you next. I want to move you into the thing that's going to change your life radically. But the first thing you need to understand is this. you got to stay in Ephesus you got to stay in Ephesus. See, the, the temptation in a very transit culture like ours is to believe that I can constantly be mobile, constantly changing because I get attracted to shiny things and somehow get what I've been promised. I'm going to suggest to you today, brothers and sisters, that there are people in this room that have had their hand on the doorknob of the very thing God's been promising you and something else came to distract you away from it and you moved away at the very moment God was about to open something up to you. Don't miss what I'm about to say. In my life, I have found this to be true. Most of the time, what I am distracted by 
is never as important as what I've been distracted from. I'm going to try that one more time. What I am distracted by is never as important as what I've been distracted from. If I learn how to stay faithful to what's in front of me, then I'll realize the reward will come to me by being in the place I'm supposed to be. I cannot keep moving everywhere and obtain what it is. I'm talking to somebody in the room today. I can't keep chasing a fantasy and receive a fulfilled prophetic word. I've got to settle myself down and say I will stay faithful even when there's no evidence because I believe he's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of a man that he should repent. If he said it, he'll do it. Now watch this. There's a major difference between staying and being stuck. Because there are people here that that have misunderstood what God's doing in your life. You believe you're stuck. But if the steps of a righteous man are ordered... I'm going to try that one more time. If the steps of a righteous man are ordered, how many of you know he he doesn't order miracles, he orders steps? And if you take the steps, you get to the miracle. Uh Somebody's going to follow with me. He orders steps. He, he, He doesn't order successful businesses. He orders steps. And if you take the steps, it brings you to the successful business. He doesn't order a blessed marriage. He orders steps. And if you take the steps, you get to the blessed marriage. But here's the key. When you're stuck, you find yourself in cycles. You keep living Groundhog Day all over again. Come on, somebody in the room got to help me. So far, 2020 is no different than 2019, and that was no different than 2018. And you wonder why do I keep repeating the same scenery over and over. It's not because God has you in a place that's stuck. It's because, watch this, you have let life choose for you rather than letting your faith choose for you. Because when life chooses your circumstances, you remain stuck. Everything that happens in the kingdom, God says he operates by times and seasons. Hmm? How many of you know seasons change when times change? Come on, we got to go faster. Seasons change when times change. In January, we don't have to pray for it to be 40. You don't have to have a prayer meeting seven days and say, let's pray the leaves fall off the trees. We don't, I don't have to do that in Oklahoma. They automatically fall off. Why? Because the time has changed. The season changed. Come on, somebody. How many of you know in April, I don't have to pray for, 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 for them to bloom. They're going to bloom. Why? Because the time has changed. The season changes. So in your life, when certain times change, seasons change. But here's what happens. Cycles don't change till you change. In other words, you don't have enough time in your life to change a cycle if you never change. Because the only way the cycle changes is when you change. God brings you to a place of choice. 
where you begin to make some decisions about how you're going to respond to the circumstances of your life. Please watch this closely. How many of you know if he didn't want you to make some decisions, then he would have only left one tree in the garden? Why did he leave two trees? Because he wanted to give man something that made him like God. And that is volition. If you don't like the world you're living in, it may be because of the choices you've been making. Because you built it in your own mind. I ain't got no help, but I'm going to keep going. God even says himself that the world we live in is the result of what he thinks about. That's why when John described God, he described him as the Logos. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. How many of you know that God, the word Logos, is actually comes from the same root word that we get our English word logic? In other words, God said, everything you see, I was thinking about before it ever got here. That's why Jeremiah came along and said to people who were in captivity, he said, don't be concerned that God has forgotten you, for I know the thoughts I think about you, says the Lord. They're filled with good and not evil. They will give you a future and a hope. In other words, your life is going to be made up of what you've been thinking about. Somebody in this ought to help me today, because if you start thinking about the decisions you need to be making, rather than letting life make decisions for you, you're going to find out a reward is about to come to your life in a supernatural who am I talking to today yes I may have had a financial setback but I don't have to stay stuck yes I've had some bumpy roads in my marriage but I don't have to stay stuck The reason God put choice into our life is because choice is the only thing that can help you learn priority. If you only have one tree, there can never be a first. I feel like running. See, sometimes... You never prioritize certain things because you don't realize that you are having to come to a place of choices about what am I going. Paul said this. He said, I know. Watch this. I know in whom I believed. He said, I don't, I don't even sometimes know what I believe, but I've prioritized who I believe. And I trust him that even no matter what my life looks like, he's going to make certain things come to pass. How many of you know that Jesus was constantly... Am I doing all right? Can I keep going? I got, I got to hurry. Listen. He's, Jesus was constantly talking to his disciples about the fact that they were to come apart. Multiple times in the New Testament, he said to them, let's come apart. And he would ask them to come apart so they wouldn't come apart. He was asking them, separate yourself from some things, lest what you're battling internally pulls you apart because if you don't learn how to have some separation in your life see I'm telling you people don't know how to separate things you don't know how to separate things in your life some people don't even know how to separate who's a colleague and who's a friend so you keep bringing the wrong people into your inner circle wondering why they always are betraying you because you didn't know how to separate them you didn't know how to bring them apart 
you, you, you expected from something that couldn't give you something. You expected from the wrong people. You expected from the wrong opportunity something it could never provide you. How many of you know you can't make a five cent deposit and expect a five million dollar return? You, you, you didn't separate that properly. You didn't take it apart. So what happens in this room is that most people in this room, it's not, a, it's not a geographical separation. It's learning to separate some things in your life, particularly in this realm. You sense the call of God in an upward call, but you keep feeling pulled by a downward craving. Ain't nobody going to talk to me, but I am preaching good today. How many of you know you keep feeling God saying, I got something for you. I'm ready to take you to new heights. I'm ready for your life to be different than it's ever been. But all of a sudden, you keep feeling this downward craving. You keep being pulled back by a memory. That's, that's not the devil. Listen, the devil has no power. Once you've come to Christ, he has no power over your past. Your past has been redeemed. What you're being bound by is a memory that keeps trying to pull you back into a life flow that wants to lock you up in a place you're not supposed to be living. Called to be married, but craving a single life. I feel like preaching. Called to be useful, but craving an independent spirit. I'll choose when, where, and how. Called to be healed and whole, but craving attention, so I'll give my life to anybody that'll give it to me. And I feel myself like Paul. I want to be there, but I recognize there's something here. And if I don't stay faithful to where I'm at, I'm going to miss this open door that God's about to open for me. I came to Calvary today to talk to somebody who's hearing my voice. Some of you have wanted to run away from your circumstance. You've wanted to run away from your place of assignment. But I am saying today, faith is arising in your life. Faith is arising in this building. And you're going to have enough courage to stay. Somebody shout, I'm staying. Hold on, listen, listen. I, at this stage in my life, I ain't got time to run around and try to talk people into wanting to believe God for something. If, if you want to be silly and just believe that God is just making stuff up with fantasy, then go on and live. Sit on your blessed assurance and go to heaven when you die. But for everybody in this room that has a desire to say, I want to believe that everything God has deposited in me can become a reality in my life. I am ready for him to move me into a world that I have never experienced before. I'm persuaded enough that if I got to stay, I'll stay. If I got to pray, I'll pray. If I got to give, I'll give. If I got to walk, I'll walk. If I got to run, I'll run. Because I want what God wants for me come on if that's you I'll give you 10 seconds to give him a great shout I'm here to announce today there's a reward for those who stayed there's a reward for those who remain faithful there's a reward for people who refuse to chase fantasies. There's a reward for people who refuse soulish impulses, who will say, I have put my anchor down. I trust the word of God. I know that God's promises are yes and amen. And I refuse to be moved from my place. 
I'm torn, Bishop. I feel this uncomfortableness. How many of you know you can't, you can't sit under this gospel message that goes forth from this platform every week and not get pregnant? No, if you, if, you, if you didn't want to get uncomfortable, you should have just went on somewhere that gave you a 15-minute little sermonette and an encouragement how to do something. But if you, if you really wanted to get your life into a place where it became meaningful, you can't sit under the Word. The Word's a seed. <laughs> And once you got it down on the inside of you and it started growing, how many of you know it expanded? It began to enlarge itself. And sooner or later, old habits began to bump into new truth. New dreams begin to be challenged by old dreams. And I found myself carrying something. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit said to me in my hotel room early this morning, he said, the reason some of you are still here, the enemy tried to take you out, but he couldn't take you out because of what you were carrying. Because of what you were carrying. And I want to say something to somebody. Don't get impatient with the restrictions that God's putting on you. Some of our kicking is because we don't understand what's really going on. Because what's happened, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. What's happened is your promise, like a baby, has moved out of the security of a womb into the narrowing of a birth canal. And the contractions you're feeling are not the enemy trying to take you out. It's the pressure of God that is coming to birth you into a brand new season where what you stayed for is now going to manifest. And what you believe for is about to show up because God said, I got the baby in the birth canal. It has now become a season at Calvary to push. There has been restrictions. You feel like things have tightened up. But God said, I I was to make an announcement. It is a birthing season. Is anybody ready to birth something into a dimension of your life you've never experienced before? I'm telling you, look at your neighbor and say, it might get bloody in here in the next few minutes. Just hold on. It might get bloody. It may get a little bit uncomfortable. You may may hear some travail. See, I'm telling you, there have been times in my life that I knew I was carrying something for the next season of my life. And I wanted to say, God, I, I want to be pure and cute. But there's some days in your life you got to let somebody else be cute for a little while. And you got to let somebody else look pretty for a little while. And I had to grab my towel. I'm in a birthing position and I'm about to release something in the kingdom that's going to bring people into the kingdom of God going to release me into a destiny I've never had before I wish there was somebody in the room that would be ready to get in a birth position in order to release what God has for you How quickly, 
how quickly we forget the trauma of transition. I've been in the room with my wife when our children were born. And how many of you know when one or two centimeters, this ain't too bad. We can still be carrying on conversation. In fact, I was sitting over there reading Sports Illustrated. She was talking to people. It was great. Three, four, five, but all of a sudden something happened. I ain't got no help. Every woman in the room ought to help me. Every man in the room ought to get nervous. That's when I started believing in deliverance because she went into a person I never met before. Come on, somebody. How many, how many of you know at that moment, all of a sudden when transition shifts and you're about to give birth, see some of you want to give birth to a promise with no pain and you wonder why in the world am I experiencing some of the stuff I'm experiencing? It's not because God's forsaken you. It's not because the promise is not true. It's just that every baby sometimes has some transitional trauma that comes with it and you cannot bail out in the moment of adversity or in the moment of pain or in the moment of uncomfortableness but if you will stay the course in just a few minutes you'll begin to hear and for the joy of giving birth you'll forget the pain you'll forget the sorrow you'll forget the uncomfortableness because all of a sudden what you've been dreaming about will now be held in your hands I dare you to shout I'm birthing It's not so much the trauma for the mother, it's the trauma on the traveler. The baby has to make a transition from a secure place called a womb into a birth canal that restricts it. Don't, don't misunderstand the restriction of this moment because it's pushing you into another dimension. And all of a sudden, that baby is born into a world it's never seen. Wow. Don't miss this. If you want progress in your life in the kingdom, the divine twins of progress are death and birthing because both of them transport you. Paul said to be absent from the bodies, be present with the Lord. In other words, I can't be here and there both. You can't be in depression and wholeness at the same time. You got to make a journey. You can't be living in bitterness and walking in the peace of God at the same time. You got to make a journey. Am I doing all right? And here's what happens. Every time God wants to do something new in your life, somebody please hear me. Every time God wants to do something new in your life, he shows up with a birth certificate and a death certificate. And the problem is most of us want to take the dead things and try to bring it through the birth canal. 
And he says, you have to understand something. That was good for that season. That fits you in that season. That was something that was okay for that season, but it will not be right for this season. So until you're willing to separate yourself from that and let me burst something new in your life, I can't bring you to the open door that I'm trying to get you to. But I believe there's some people in here. There are some old things you're willing to let die. There's some old relationships you're willing to let loose of. There are some things you were craving you are willing to let go of because you recognize God is birthing something new. I'm almost finished. Listen. He said, Paul, if you'll stay, I'm going to open for you a great, everybody say great, and an effective. Two words, very strategic words. First of all, the word great is the word megas in the Greek, or mega. It's like you go to McDonald's and you tell them you want to upsize. I ain't got no help. I have never been through a drive through at McDonald's and asked for a Happy Meal. That's probably obvious, but anyway. I'm like upsizing. Huh? How many of you are ready in 2020 to say, God, I'm, I'm not content with a Happy Meal. I'm ready for you to upsize it. I'm ready for you to upsize our influence. I'm ready for you to upsize the grace on my life. I'm ready for you to upsize the anointing that I flow in. I'm ready for you to upsize my business this year. I'm ready for you to upsize my contracts. I'm ready for you to supersize what you want to do in my life. I'm telling you, I came to make a prophetic announcement. God is about to release mega, 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 mega doors of opportunity. The reward is for those who stayed. How do I know, Bishop, when it's time? The birthing process is never initiated by the mother. You don't tell God when your promise is coming. Your promise comes. Lord, I don't have time on this Monday for that. You're going to have to wait a week. No, no, God said, no. uh Anybody in the room ever had a child? You know what? Just when you, I, I realize today you can schedule them around doctors because they don't like to come out in the middle of the night. But in the real natural order of how things happen, how many of you know it may not come at 4 o'clock on Saturday afternoon when you're watching the ball game and convenient. It might come at 2 o'clock in the morning. Let me close with this. I was in Jamaica. And I'd been doing a pastor's conference. There was a lady that was serving in the, in the line of food. She was there that morning serving breakfast. Man, it looked like she's 11 months pregnant. I thought, I don't even know how a woman can carry a baby. I mean, she, was, she looked so uncomfortable. And I said to her, I said, when is your baby due? She said, oh, pastor, any minute, any minute. Okay. So I went on. I did my sessions. Came, went that afternoon, went to rest. Came back that night for dinner. And she's standing behind the line. And I look at her and I went, she sure looks different different about her I couldn't figure out what it was until I looked down next to her and there's a bassinet laying next to her with a baby in it and I said did you have your baby 
She said, ah, Bishop, when the water break, the baby come. When the water break, the baby come. I feel water. I feel water at Calvary. I feel water over some business people in this room. I feel water over some marriages in this room. I feel water over some teenagers in this room that God's about to release you into a whole nother dimension. You're about to give birth to a destiny you didn't even know. Is anybody in the room know what I'm talking about? You, you feel some movement on the inside of your life. I feel like my water is about to break and God is opening for me a great and effective door. Oh, come on. If that's you, get on your feet all over the building. I dare you. I'm going to give you 30 seconds to lift your voice and act like your water is breaking. Listen. I'm going to speak over people in this room right now. Prophetically. The Lord said to me that when I came, that I would have an anointing on my life to be like a midwife. And everybody that would hear that word, I could help them birth. I could help them birth. I'm looking for all the pushers today. I'm looking for people to say, I realize I'm at a point where I believe I'm crowning. I, I, I'm ready. I'm ready to push because I'm not, I don't want to repeat past performances. I'm tired of cycles. I don't want to live going around in circles. And I am ready to push into a destiny called next. You say, what is next? I don't know what next is for you, but I know this. You're at the door. And if you won't run away, if you'll let God do something right now supernaturally in your life, he will push you into a fresh new dimension you have never been in before. If that's you when I get to three throw your hands high one two three father in the name of Jesus come on open your mouth just begin to pray in the name of Jesus I thank you for a birthing anointing at Calvary Church I thank you that this is the time that the water is broken and the baby is moving and the promise is coming to pass and I stand like a midwife and I say, baby, promise, be born. In Jesus' name, I'm going into my next by the power of God. Come on, if that's you now, just pray, praise Him. Praise Him like you think you're going to give birth. Some of you need to just travail for a minute. Release what's inside of you. I know it's Sunday morning, but act like you're in a birthing room. As Pastor Ben comes, listen. I want to prophesy over this house. I hear the Lord saying, I'm giving a new wineskin to Calvary. I'm giving a new wineskin. This will not be a waiting room. This will be a birthing room. People will not come and wait to see what God will do. But this will be a room where people will come in here and there will be every week birthings taking place. Businesses are going to be birthed. New relationships are going to be birthed. Cities are going to be birthed. 
creative, innovative ideas are going to be birthed. Witty inventions are going to be birthed. You are in a birthing center. And when you walk in here, anything becomes possible because the seed is going to be planted on the inside of your life. And you must learn how to germinate the seed of promise. I'm going to prophesy, some of you are experiencing a season of restriction. But it's not a season that's killing you, it's pushing you. It's pushing you into a place where you can birth what God's called you to. You must stay. You must remain faithful. It's not what you can do once or twice. It's what you keep doing day after day after day. In every dimension of your life. That's why Ecclesiastes says this, so in the morning and so in the evening. Because you don't know which one is going to produce the thing you want. What he's saying is this, stay consistent and stay faithful because the reward comes to those who stay.